You're listening to Real People of Orange County, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. This show is a fun and informative look inside the lives of Orange County's best and brightest. These are people who serve their community in a meaningful capacity on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Real People OC. I'm your host, Kimberly Martin, and we air each and every Thursdays from 4 to 5 on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And we are always streaming on the web at KUCI.org. And you can reach us via podcast by going to KUCI.org. Click on the archives button and that'll take you to all of our shows where you can listen to our podcasts any time of the day or night. Well, good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Real People OC. It has been a long time since I've been on the air. I had bronchial pneumonia. And let me tell you, that was awful, folks. I have never been that sick in my life, and I'm sorry for such a long absence, but I really had no wind to speak on the radio, so it wouldn't have done me any good. But uh, the holidays are in full swing. And I was lucky enough to attend a beautiful holiday party at Huntington Harbor the other day. Last weekend, got to see their beautiful um, harbor boat parade. It was wonderful because I've always gone and done the Newport one and have never gone to see the Huntington one. And I was so excited. It was just something new. And it was a warm, beautiful, breezy evening in a lovely little small community right on the water down there um, right by PCH, but right at the edge of the harbor. So it was really delightful and was shocked the other day to see in the news the address where I had just been a couple days prior and called a friend and I said, hey, listen, what what happened down there? This is so close to you. Were you guys impacted? And my friend said she was the one that called 911, knows the story pretty well from having dealt with it for some time. And the story I'm referring to is the recent murder-suicide that happened in Huntington Beach where one neighbor shot another and then took his own life. So I put my little investigative journalism hat on and asked a few probing questions. Uh, My friend was really suffering with a lot of uh, grief and guilt, and, and I wanted to try to understand the nature of that. Turns out The story being told in the media is very different from the ones that the people living in this neighborhood were experiencing firsthand, and that it wasn't just a simple little small dispute as being portrayed, and they wanted to come in and tell the story, and also to discuss the wider issue of how we in society address the topic of bullying, and they feel really you know, terrible about what happened. They wish they could have done more. And I just thought, you know what, this is an important discussion to have. Let's come in. Let's talk about this. This is not being covered in the media. They made several attempts with the media to try to tell this exact story, and no one was interested in it. They wanted to paint a rosy picture. And I don't know. I don't understand it. But there's more to be learned by the truth. And I hope that we have advanced that cause just a little bit today through this interview. So Please tune in and listen to the story and see if there's something that we can't as a society do to change the way we witness and bear witness on unhealthy interactions before some sort of a tragedy unfolds. Well, so I'm very thankful that the two of you have come in today to share your side of the story, um, first responders and neighbors. So thank you for coming in and and shedding a little little insight into what what might have been going on that led up to an event of this nature. I think when something like this happens, the community at large really wants to understand. And I think I think I really appreciate you coming forward and and sharing some understanding for the people that are around. So thank you for being here. You're welcome. 
Well, first of all, I'd like to start by saying that our sole purpose for being here today is to shine more light on what I feel is an epidemic, epidemic known as bullying, which in this particular case could result in a fatality or multiple fatalities. So, Right, right. And basically, you know, since we haven't had the interview yet, what we're going to come to find out is that there was an ongoing trend oh, yes. of bullying here Absolutely. that isn't being yeah. shared in the news, and that's what you want to share today. So, Yes. Okay, so take us back a little bit to the story, because there's, you know, this is a, a I don't want to say it's a tight-knit community because I don't know if it is, but I guess from the standpoint of the proximity in which everybody lives uh, close to one another, you could say that uh, people's behaviors and patterns can be easily observed by uh, daily life sharing daily life close to each other well you know living in a uh, small community obviously you're going to be subjected to your neighbors uh, you're going to see your neighbors in passing especially the neighbors that are within your little circle sharing the same walls and so on um, we can only speak from experience which is about three years of witnessing uh, what we feel is bullying and intimidation by one neighbor to another neighbor who share, shared an adjoining wall. And uh, the news media had portrayed this as a feud, a long ongoing feud over a landscape issue, which I believe that um, it was deeply rooted in other factors um, such as a falling out between the two individuals um, there was a problem with the one individual because the other one had displayed a small shelving unit in front of his unit which had some tchotchkes and some potted plants which the um, other person didn't like, didn't appreciate, and tried to get them removed. Um, they had gone to the board individually and requested that the uh, tchotchkes uh, be removed. And uh, the board said, you guys sort it out, mm -hmm. which I believe was a Big mistake. huge mistake. Yeah. I, I believe there was a police report, too, against each other on on this on that issue too yeah. I mean and you know that's and I think again the board like you said you know said let them fend guys, for themselves yeah. or left them to their own devices right which which but I guess the overarching issue is that it's being portrayed that it's just between the two of them and oh. what what unfortunately you have come here to share today is that this this person um, may have had a, a pattern of behavior that led her to be in this situation. Uh, exactly. Uh, what we had witnessed was um, basically verbal abuse to one individual that was very calculating uh, in regards to um, not being discovered. Um, 
Do you there, mean she was sneaky about how she, she was very things? sneaky about it? Okay, and so you caught glimpses, is what you're saying, or you and and many other people in the neighborhood caught these glimpses? I don't know about many other people in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. but uh, at least some of the people that she had selected that she didn't like for whatever reason or another. Um, we actually witnessed it firsthand, and we were actually uh, the butt of some of those. Uh, situations where we were intimidated or at least uh tried to they tried to intimidate us so this particular individual tried to intimidate us but uh she learned very quickly that we were not uh the kind of people who could be bullied and that we stood up for ourselves unlike the individual that was being bullied um was very passive not very aggressive and and was asking for help yeah by 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 all of you or asking for help from the authorities well i think or all of the above maybe yeah Yeah. and i think not really uh asking for help but asking for advice yes and to find out if he had an advocate there which i think before we moved in and before our neighbors moved in uh he really didn't have anybody so the two of them lived next door to each other before most of you were there in that location. That's correct. Yes. Uh, I believe the one individual that was being bullied had been there practically when the complex was built, which was 1965. And the other individual had moved in approximately 10 years ago. Oh, so this has been going on for at least, well, I mean, we could say that anywhere from possibly from 10 years back to to now exactly. now the, the um you're you're saying that the that the woman in this situation this tragedy moved in about 10 years ago yes approximately okay <clears throat> i think that's the i the i don't know if you call it strange part but i've i've never witnessed or uh come across uh, a professional a professional person a woman really that would harass an elderly man, you know, or even me, I'm a business owner, so I feel it's very, I'm torn apart from guilt, you know, over it because I saw them laying there, you know, I mean, it's just so upsetting and you just, you feel like, because I've been on the other side of her harassment and she would do it like privately or, and then after this whole situation happened, someone asked me well why didn't oh yeah I never knew that about you know that happening to you or you know her harassing you or whatnot and I thought I said I was I handled it you know I handled it or uh, it was kind of embarrassing you know like someone was trying to pick at you you know Mm -hmm. I'm an adult (laughs) and someone is doing this you know crazy stuff to you and so then uh, meeting other neighbors we started sharing stories and then and then I realized other people were being harassed by her and one of our other neighbors we became really good friends with them she said you know if you guys hadn't moved in I was considering moving out so selling her own because unit and leaving because the harassment was was so unpleasant and that was yeah. after being there only three months Oh, how tragedy. That's very tragic. It is. And I don't feel that it was very, you know, you would walk out of your your condo and 
and I was always like looking for this person, like, oh man, and I and I still to when avoid I think of her, about, yeah, mean? to avoid her, and I I still think of her, even though she's gone. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, she's gone. She's gone. Yeah. So yeah. so, interestingly, no, those responses are a little bit like a PTSD response <laughs> walking out of your unit. Like what you're <laughs> describing is, you know, you're not shedding it now that she's gone. You're still carrying the weight or the psychological burden of somebody that's that is is bullying you in a negative way in your home you're still carrying that yeah I, I mean it's crazy I mean I'm an I like I said I'm a business owner I'm an adult you know I you know and I'm yet just, you had this cloud over the, that was that existed out the front door of your home yes <clears throat> in our opinion is that if you're a adolescent that is bullying somebody else, you eventually grow up to be a adult that still continues to bully people. Now, I can tell you that the person that was receiving the bullying fit the classic profile of somebody that was capable of ultimately committing murder if he was pushed too far. Now, because of that, I gave him extra attention and was especially nice to him because I saw it and you witnessed the bullying well I witnessed the bullying and this particular individual that was being bullied fit the classic profile he was a loner uh, he was older and everybody described him as being a little crotchety which he was but uh, he never really exhibited any serious anger never made any threats uh, actually, I was very sympathetic towards him because he approached me and said, have you ever had any encounters with this individual? And I said, no, I haven't. Not really of note, but uh, I told him, do I look like somebody that you would want to have an encounter with? And he said, well, I don't really understand why she hates me so much. And I said, well, you need to stand up for yourself. And what you need to start doing is you need to start recording this abuse. Re videotaping her, yes. Exactly. And I asked him, do you have a cell phone, correct? And he says, yes. I said, well, when you have these encounters with her where she's being verbally abusive, abusive and threatening you, uh, you need to start recording her because that could be the only proof you have because other than that, it's just hearsay. But... I think the helplessness that you all are feeling from the situation is is one of the things that we as a society want to kind of grapple and wrap our arms around because it's really difficult when, you know, you said that you're feeling all this guilt, but the reality is, is even law enforcement wasn't in a position to do anything. Like people no, are laid victim to bullying and can do nothing about it, have no protections. Once you're an adult and you don't have a school principal to go to, who do you call? Who do you go to to get support and help? And clearly this individual was reaching out in the only way that an adult, a 78-year-old adult male could to his peers or people that you know were bearing witness on this and still nothing, nothing could be done. I mean, what a helpless situation. Yeah, and the even the, the uh, officer that interviewed me after the whole episode happened, whatever, um, he's, I asked him, I said, what, what could we have done? I, I go, I mean, I, I'm one of those people that is make, it makes me crazy when they say I'm not surprised, you know, and 
I I came I made the 911 call came walked out my door after I heard all the shots and everything and I saw him lying there and thought I don't even have to I told the 911 responder that I didn't even have to look to see who the other person was that he shot, but I know I know who it is already. Because you and, knew and the situation could unfold. It's, a, in this it's way. just such a shame that and and I asked the officer what could we have done, you know, and he just he said there's really there's really nothing. I mean, they already had police reports on each other, and um, you know. She just wasn't wasn't relenting. She just wouldn't leave him alone, you know. Which I was That's really tragic. surprised by that. Um, yeah. Getting, so where does that nature come from well, in a person? Getting back right. to what I mentioned about him being, you know, a little odd and could potentially be the type of first person that, if pushed too hard, could result, uh, you know, in a, in violence. Um, I would tend to be a little nicer to that person if not just don't even engage them well maybe from the vantage point of the bully though he was the weak bird that you peck yeah. at oh absolutely and that there his weakness drew something out in her but it wouldn't be fair to say that it's just their chemistry because i think what we're really trying to clear up today is that this was a pattern with other people as well right. so in other words this this behavior was experimented or tried on other people and everybody handled the situation differently some people stood up to it some people retreated and hid further but even you somebody who really had to stand up to her I think there was one incident with with a car where she attempted to graze you with her car and what was to be a joke of some kind yeah so. she I mean she actually did it with both of us <laughs> And um, I thought, you know, that was the first time where it was like a physical, a physical. I felt like it could, you know, this could be, she's dangerous, you know. And um, the second time she made sure that he wasn't there, you know, my husband. Do you my mean husband. your husband wasn't yes. there? Oh, okay. To protect you. Yeah. So, and so she saw an opportunity where you were vulnerable and alone to intimidate her yes. yeah and try to intimidate me but i i had my dog with me so that's what really angered me the most i don't think she saw my dog because it was she was in front of me so but when i put her down i felt something behind me and i turned around and her car was about a foot away from my from me you know and she was laughing she was like oh you know and I, I don't know what happened, but something snapped in me, and I thought, I'm just going to go after this person. And I just, I did. I let loose and was like, ah, you know, what's, I asked, actually asked her, what is wrong with you? Hmm. There's got to be something wrong with you. And I'm sure I used a lot of expletives and went, started walking towards her because she'd already pulled back towards her house. And she started, she basically got out of her car and ran inside the house. But I was, I, I mean, <laughs> she wasn't somebody unfamiliar with picking fights. Then, oh no, this was something oh, she did not. regularly. No, no. Yeah, well, she she did physical damage to his property. Um, she she wouldn't have ran me over, but it was almost like a little, hey, you know, I'm I I can do whatever I want, sort of a thing. Because she did a lot of that. She did a lot of it. People, the officer uh, that was interviewing me said. So she was the head of the board, and I go, no, 
She wasn't the head of the board. <laughs> you mean of the association, association where you live. Right. And he goes, oh, he was surprised by that. And he w- and then at the end of the whole th- interview, he said, so she was the she was the bully. And I said, <sighs> yes, because I know she was a victim and, and there was no need There's for it. No to excuse get, for murder. Right. We, yeah. We're not condoning that Absolutely in any way. Not. We're not no. here to say any any statement about that. But we want I think. You know, as an opportunity to, again, go to a place of understanding for the people that are looking, going, why? And there is a why to this story. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I, you know, when I heard it from you, I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, I was just there two, two nights ago for the Christmas parade. And, um, and I just, you know, I just thought you got to share this, even though it's a difficult, a really difficult, it's difficult to put yourself in a situation to, because we're not blaming the victim, but we are trying to understand the the situation. Well, and to maybe avoid, I'm sure that there's probably thousands of people getting bullied by, you know, other individuals. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many, but this was a a very interesting uh, situation where even the people on the other side of the street didn't know what was going on. Everybody, you know, portrayed her as the pillar of the community. And, and, and I've, sadly, her family didn't know that this was going on because I'm, I'm hoping that I know that there's other people that know what was going on, you know, and, and had they, and they were friends of hers, had they said something to her, maybe that would have To prevent, stop her. Yeah, just to say, you know, maybe you should lay up on this, you know, lay off this guy, you know, he's... It, so you're saying that there are people in her life that could have stepped in. We don't know that they did. We don't know that they didn't. No, I think so. she was very secretive about it with her family. They they looked... I, I actually, when I came out, I was on the 911 call, and I walked out... Um, there was another gal that was trying tending to her trying to get her to to respond and um she had been shot multiple times oh yeah i'm sure he, he, I, I mean he had the, two pistols so one right. was what however many i mean i heard so many shots i heard arguing and then like a man and a woman arguing and then just shot after shot after shot and i grabbed the phone and thought that doesn't sound like the TV, and then ran upstairs so I could see a better vantage point. And then I heard someone yelling, like s- s- screaming help, and is he gone, is he gone? And I'm like, what is going on here? And ran downstairs, and with the 911, she actually said, don't go outside, but I, c- I couldn't help it. I just, I was compelled to walk outside and saw him there. But his, uh, her sister, a few minutes later. Or the not, victim's sister. Yeah, she ran out. And she looked so shocked and so, I, it was just total dismay. I just knew she didn't know what was going on. I wasn't surprised. Right. Know. Yeah. Because you had an immediate yes. This, you know, oh, this is an aha moment for you. Of, this all came together the way, a bad story is written. You know, because yeah. it made sense to you, but yeah. not to this sister. In involved. fact, I spoke to the gal that was the first on the scene. She was mm-hmm. another neighbor on their other side. Um. She said when she was inside of the house, her house, and she heard the shots, she immediately knew who the two people were. 
Oh, she didn't and even have to walk outside. And then she said he finally just had enough, I think. He snapped. So if you're just tuning in, this is Real People OC, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. And I have with me today two guests in the studio that live in the neighborhood um, Huntington Beach near where the murder-suicide just took place this week. And we're having a discussion because we felt that, A, the news media um, that wrote about the story gave a very cursory look at the situation, um, which is probably typical. You know, local news doesn't really cover in-depth these stories very well. For some reason, unless you're famous, you don't get a little big write-up about why you did what you did. But I think because this story centered around such a palpable experience of being bullied, not just by the um, the two victims, you know, involving the one, the bully, and and the and the gentleman that took his life and 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 took her life as well, but other people that that lived under this cloud of bullying that was enough for them to understand this situation more clearly than the way the press is portraying. And um, am I to understand that you also tried to share this story with the media and you met with um, their disinterest in sharing the story in this way? Yeah, I mean, uh, the day after <clears throat> it happened, which was, it happened on the 15th, so immediately the 16th, even that night, I think, I wrote to the OC Register, to the Daily Pilot. Um, I think there was a couple of reporters that, you know, that were on that. That didn't you know. interview people that lived near these folks. They interviewed people that lived nowhere near. Right, and people that which didn't. Which I thought was interesting. Which was her family and his friends and family. They didn't live in, and I, I, I guess I'm, <coughs> I'm coming to the sort of conclusion that he didn't say too much either because it's pretty embarrassing. You're, you're being bullied by a woman. And he's a man. They tend yeah. to communicate a little less when they're the victim of something. And I think that that's why he approached my husband, because here's another man, you know, maybe I can somehow... That has seen this behavior up close. Right. Now, this was more than just a little bit of neighbor squabbling over tchotchkes out in the front door. This oh, yeah. was a serious issue. There were times where she may have taken his boat. Yeah. and pushed it out into the harbor. She did that yeah. on more than one occasion yeah. where she really was committing acts of, um, what would you call it? What That's an act of uh, vandalism, maybe, yeah. if you push somebody's boat out in the harbor and they can't get to it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and he was making steps to try to do things. Like, um, I think my husband said something like, maybe you should record record her try to get some some images on video or f photography or something and then so to do that he was a photographer uh, in his past life <laughs> oh gotcha and um he put he knew that he needed lighting because she would do it at night she would do it at night so that he he no one could see she would know? commit the acts of vandalism yeah. or the acts of bullying as well uh she did that all day but i mean at at night she would do the things like knocking over his his planner or pushing the boat out or having someone help her push the boat out because that's not easy thing to do and he's 78 years old so he had to try to have someone help him pull his boat back in and then they did it again but they did it night so that because you no say one they but do you mean her acting alone no there was i've heard several other little stories about she had a lot of i hate to say that uh, men kind of 
in her life? Well, like construction workers or whatever that were, you know, so whatever. So she had a know. little bit of muscle help to help her commit the acts of vandalism against this gentleman. I do believe that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I firmly believe that this was a clear case of where she was trying to bully him and intimidate him to the point where hopefully he would leave. And uh, she just had some re incredible resolve uh, exactly. to, to work on him. Exactly. And uh, I think she made him her pet project. And uh, I believe that through her intimidation, she thought maybe she can get him to leave. But I felt that he really didn't have anywhere to go. I mean, he was living on the water in Huntington Harbor. And Which I believe his unit was paid for. And obviously he was probably on Social Security. And uh, he may have even had the attitude of, you know, I've been here much longer than you. Why should I leave? Right. But I think that um, he just got wore down. And mm -hmm. I think the news media had mentioned that he had just had a very evasive surgery. Mm-hmm. And he was held up in his unit, uh, being helped by, I think, some friends and maybe even a sister, and hadn't really seen the light of day in approximately a week. And was an extreme amount of pain. An extreme amount of yes. pain, as the news had mentioned, that he was not able to take any painkillers because of his physical condition. And I believe, and this is just my opinion, I believe probably what happened was he finally felt well enough to step outside and sit in his chair or get a little sun on his face. And she came out to walk her dog. She probably said something really rude to him and then walked away. And he had mentioned to a few people close to him that he felt so bad and he was in so much pain that he wanted to die. Now you take a person in that situation that has that mindset and has been bullied by somebody for many years. And I can't really speak on what she may have said, but if she did say something, I'm sure it was not friendly and I'm sure it was cruel. So he probably sat there after she walked away and thought to himself, you know what? I'm gonna take my own life and I'm gonna take her with me. Right. And I believe that when she walked away, he probably went into his unit, took his two guns that he had, either they were already loaded or he loaded them, went outside and waited for her to come back and then ambushed her. And the very, very sad thing about this to me is I feel like it was something that could have been avoided. Oh yes. All I know is if they wouldn't have had this feud, at least one of them would be alive today. Now, right. do I believe that he would have still taken his own life? That's possible. But I believe that the victim, she, if she had not engaged him in this feud, I believe she'd be alive today. I agree. Right. And right. the reason I agree, I, I mean, I know for sure, I didn't feel unsafe around the guy or anything like that. But, um, there was a neighbor on the end that came out to see him and none of us had seen him in a while you know unless you live right next door to him uh because he was kind of you know bedridden 
And so um, he did come out and he said, hey, how are you? How's it going? And and um, you're out, you know, you're out and about. And he was like, oh, you know, I still feel I, I feel terrible. And but thank you, you know. And then the guy started the neighbor started walking towards him and he shooed him away. So he knew what he was waiting for. He didn't yes. want another innocent person. No. I believe that. And I believe, I believe she was that, the yes. only one that was in his crosshairs because yes. at that time he had the opportunity to shoot multiple vic- victims. Yeah. And uh, he shooed him away and obviously focused on her and was satisfied with his actions and then took his own life. Now, one of the things that struck me so much when I heard of this story originally was that a number of you in the neighborhood knew her routine enough to Mm -hmm. avoid her. You knew the path she took with her. Does she have a dog? Mm -hmm. You knew the path she took on her walks with her dog. You knew the timing of it. You knew a lot about yeah, how to avoid this individual, which I think says a lot that that this was <laughs> like a like a like I said earlier, a dark cloud that just yeah. kind of lay around you all. It's true. Um, the individual that wanted to move after her time, what was her encounter? Can you speak to that at all? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I actually, you know, the victim actually posted on Facebook. She didn't. I think she focused on her. We're talking about the the bully victim, right? Not the elderly man. We're talking about the yes. woman. Okay. And we can say her name. Well, there was multiple I guess you can, yeah. multiple victims of being bullied. Oh, yes. Sure. Uh, sure. I know that. That I want to make clear, because I think that the more we say that it was centered around one individual, uh, I think the less public service we do about the topic of bullying. It was centered yeah. around multiple individuals. And I know as crazy as this sounds, when we encountered her for the first time, uh, she treated us terrible and we feel that we get along with everybody right. we give everybody uh, a clean slate uh, we believe that you know if you treat somebody nice you'll get that in return at least mm-hmm. we hope that and from the very beginning uh, she treated us terrible and we would ask each other you know why is she doing this and yeah. um, as crazy as it sounds it seemed to me that Anybody that she had sold a unit to, she befriended and treated them nice and carried on an ongoing, you know, nice relationship with them. Now, whether she was modified, uh, whether she was uh, doing that because she felt that if she continued to be nice to these people, then maybe she'll get to sell their unit in the future. Right. But she did not have the listing on our unit which I firmly believe that she really rejected that. And I know that sounds crazy. But there were some sore crazy. feelings that carried you know, over and were projected onto exactly. you guys. Right. And, and I can tell you that the first time I went down to see the unit, I had a friend of mine who was a local broker, came down and showed it to me. Uh, we then went outside and we were by his car talking about it. And this white vehicle pulled up and screeched to a stop right next to us the window rolled down and this woman said are you going to buy that unit and my friend and i looked at her in dismay and my friend said well i'm showing it to my client 
And then she yelled out, I wouldn't pay more than 850,000 for that. Rolled her window down and drove away. So that was my very first encounter with her. And my friend and I looked at each other and went, wow, who was that? So really from the onset, I felt that tension. Right. So a bit of a hothead. So she was, was, so why is that, that the portrayal of her is so different? Are people afraid of her that they would portray her differently? I, I do believe Or that. do they just simply didn't see the side of her? I honestly Both. think they didn't see the side she, of her. They, I don't think she showed it to them. She actually has around her, her license plate holder says the intimidator on it. Oh, so <laughs> which, she. Which I feel is very telling. Yeah. Yeah, she fancies herself somebody that can push people around. Yeah. <sighs> this is so difficult. All right. It is. So if you're just tuning in, this is Real People OC, and I'm your host, Kimberly Martin. Uh, we are at 88.9 FM here in Irvine, KUCI. And. I want to turn the discussion a little bit away from just the facts of this case, um, because I think that when you hear a story like this, you, that overriding feeling of feeling uh, helpless, and we are by no means going to solve this today, but I do think we should raise some questions. What obligation do we have in society? And we've done a good job of this in school. Over the last 20 years, this topic of bullying has been really fully addressed and policies have been changed. I can't say that they're all being implemented the way that they need to be, but in schools we have changed our view. We don't think hazing is normal anymore. We don't think this behavior is acceptable because it's age appropriate. We have now come to find out that this behavior is going to ha meet with a no tolerance policy in our schools to make it a safe environment for everybody to be educated. How do we take that a step forward into adulthood and figure out a way to convey very strongly that this is unacceptable. What are some of the solutions? And and I by no means, like I said, think we're going to solve this, but the discussion has to start taking place. Well, I believe the first thing was even those, the media. The media was so wrong in this. And so they've started by portraying this picture right. inaccurately. This poor woman was you know was was gunned in the wrong down place at the wrong time yeah. and it wasn't that so she no, put herself this was in a situation, situation of her creating yeah right. well i think you hit the nail on the head when you said it starts off when people are young yeah and be taught that bullying is not acceptable and i think we might have to go through an entire generation of people before we get uh, a community of people that are aware that bullying is wrong and what the sometimes fatal ramifications of that are. Um, I'm not sure if we're gonna be able to do anything to sway adults that have that trait in their makeup. But I think if we start off with young people right away that hopefully, uh, a lot of them will grow up to know that it's the wrong thing to do. I guess that's true. I guess that's where it starts. But what what I find so troubling in this case is I don't want to. I don't know anything about this woman, so I don't want to um, project I'm, onto her situation. Yeah. But it seems to me like a bit of a double life was being led. Yeah. Wherein. The community and the business community that she may have worked with. Here again, we're we're speculating because we don't know what people really would have come forth to say if they were being honest. 
But the fact that the media rushed in to paint this rosy picture of her is really troubling to me because mm-hmm. what what does that say about our ability to accurately capture a story or even do enough research to accurately capture a story to do justice to the situation that's happened? Because we could be having a discussion now more openly as a, as a wider community about bullying if we were given the information to do so, and we simply weren't in this case. Well, I think uh, part of it is it's more salacious to have this scenario where there was this pillar of the community that was so very loved and so helpful to everybody that put on events and parties for everyone. Uh, for her to be the only victim in this case, you know, saying that there was this old loner, crotchety old man, and there was this pillar of the community, and for no good apparent reason, she just tried to engage him in a conversation and ended up being murdered for it. Obviously, there is so much more, uh, not just on the surface, uh, with their history. I don't think one day he just decided, oh, I'm going to kill this woman. Right. Uh, He reached a pain point that was so intolerable that the interactions that he had come used to having with her were too much and i mean i want to go on record in saying that it's a horrible tragedy and this woman did not deserve to be murdered whether she was bullying this man whether she was verbally abusive to him uh it's a terrible terrible tragedy that she her life was taken for this and it's a tragedy that he took his own life right what we're hoping to do is shine light on this and show that there is a potential for a fatal outcome if there is constant bullying with somebody. Right. And if we don't, as a society, figure out how to address this, right? That's right. our big thing. Exactly. Is how do we do it? So I'm fascinated that the police told you there was nothing you could have done. When, in fact, laws were broken. I mean, she violated <clears throat> his property, Mm-hmm. You know, damaged obviously his property. damaged mm-hmm. his property. She, I think we have anti-harassing laws. I don't think you can just go harass somebody. Um, the problem was finding witnesses because she took great care. And the, the, the statement that we're making here and taking great care to avoid the eyes of others when she was dealing with her, her bullying victims is that she was caught a couple times by people that you know that weren't seen at the moment that she was bullying the victim. Right. She, they pop up and then she retreats. So you've seen this happen where she clearly did not want people to know she was doing this when she was doing it. Right. I mean, our contractor was at our house for six months. And, you know, the he would, would come over. He would come over and he would... You know, he's a lonely guy. He liked our contractor. He had discussions um, with him. And uh, to the point where my contractor was like, oh, boy, here comes. He's, he's, uh, and, you know, I've got work to do, but he's so nice that I don't want to, you know, shoo him away or anything like that. But he, so he would just keep, continue to work while would uh, speak to him. And uh, the victim would, you know, come by with her dog in front of, you know, walk her dog in front of our house. And she would, every day that he was there, would say something disparaging to him. 
till finally my contractor stood up because he was behind something she couldn't see him and realized that there was somebody else you know standing there that she would that heard her do you know say this things you know and walked by you know quickly she just gathered her dog and you know kept going but it was more of like a, oh I, I've just been caught <laughs> right right okay so you're two people that have suffered a tragedy bared witness on this what what would you do differently now seeing the the course of this and and this isn't to put you on the spot no. I really mean not to do it because I I don't want you I already mm-hmm. know you're suffering a tremendous amount of guilt with this and so my goal here isn't to increase that by saying what should you have done that's not my point we are now looking through the lens of a greater awareness of what people's behavior is and what can we individuals that were in your situation consider doing well before something like this takes place and again it's not to call you out because I don't expect you to in any way feel responsible because that's not what this is about this is about taking a very constructive viewpoint of a terrible tragedy and wondering and really thinking as a society what is our 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 focus our goal our our opportunity in these difficult situations to do something different well in regards to him i don't think i could have done anything different because I had no idea of the imminent threat. Right. I uh, gave him the best advice that I could, and that would be to videotape these instances so he could have proof if it really started to escalate. Uh, in regards to her, um, I was very uncomfortable even engage her in any type of topic. So just like my wife, I kind of avoided her. I would pass her all the time and never say anything. In fact, most of the time I was just looked the other way. And, uh, which is not an easy thing to do where you live. You're a pretty close knit, like you pass somebody and it it would feel actually uncomfortable to Mm -hmm. avoid somebody Mm -hmm. more so than it would be to, to address them and say hello. Exactly. And after he came to me and told me, of his abuse that I had not really witnessed, um, I felt like going over to her and just knocking on her door and saying, you know, Mike is my friend. So if you're intimidating him, if you're being mean to him, you're being mean to me. Now, whether that would have made any difference or not, I doubt it. But uh, so champion, so championing, the cause of the weaker individual, the victim in this case. I've done that my entire life. Yeah. I have always been the defender of the weak, whether right. it would be on the schoolyard or right. in the workplace. I've always had that trait to where I don't like seeing anybody being picked on. Well, and I, I will never forget, and I don't think anybody from our generation will, the, the movie Stand By Me, where <laughs> the, the favorite character was killed for standing up for somebody. Yeah. And so and there's a perfect example of you putting yourself in harm's way for that strategy. So is there any way we can engage law enforcement on topics like this? Do we know of an effective... Um, way to champion somebody that's being victimized and get the law involved? Well, unfortunately, I feel like when situations like this arrive, um, the police, their stance is, well, we can't really do anything unless something happens. Well, by then, it's too late most of the time. 
so I don't really know. I mean, I know they have laws now against stalking and so on, but I don't think they have any bully laws yet. Well, this is a little bit like stalking, though, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, we've we've that's another one we've done a great strides on is stalking, mm-hmm. you know, but this is this is this is a consistent form of harassment that I mean, geez, this, this is, is nuts. But, but usually it's two women or two men. Right. But I, or maybe it's where not. the, maybe where the male is, is the of, is mm-hmm. the perpetrator and not a female. In the case, this is really talking about the female being the aggressor. I here. think it's a very unusual case, which is why I feel in the eyes of the news media, it's very salacious. Oh, there was this, you know, woman, you know, um, that was a victim um, by this old man. And, uh, you know, I know there was a lot of truth to that, but uh I believe that the reporters only interviewed people that were advocates of hers and absolutely shocked. There was a few people that did mention, though, that they knew of an ongoing feud. So there was some people in the neighborhood that were aware of that, but I'm sure they had no idea that it would reach this peak. Um, I don't think anybody that was interviewed came out and said, well, you know, she was bullying this man or she had bullied multiple people in the neighborhood. In fact, um, I talked to a few people that were actually on the news the night before and said, oh, I saw you on the news last night. And they would say, oh, yeah, can you believe that happened? And I said, yes, I can. I'm not surprised. And their jaws dropped and said, well, why wouldn't you be surprised? And then I told them exactly what I had witnessed personally. And they were just stunned, absolutely stunned that that this had happened. Whether they believed me or not, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, and I'm not trying to sway anybody. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to let them know that, you know, if they see something like this in the future, maybe there's something that they can do about it, or maybe there's somebody that they can tell that you know what this just happened in my neighborhood, and maybe they might be able to do something to prevent it. To derail another situation like this. And the most important thing, I guess, take away from me, especially as being somebody in the media, is there's always more to the story. You know, we teach our kids that, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. There's always more to a story than meets the eye. And, you know, there are a lot of crazy people running around there, but not everybody is crazy. Some people just, is a very linear process from point A to point B that anybody could see coming and nobody can predict when or, or why or how, or well, they could predict maybe the why and maybe, um, but still it's, it's an, it's an important ongoing discussion and I don't have the answers. And um, I, I try to give a, a lot of coverage on these topics that are really difficult to have. I, I'm comfortable not having the answers. I'm comfortable with us discussing them because I don't think there's enough people willing to go to this place. Clearly, you were reject your story was rejected by four different media outlets here in Orange County, which are doing a primary amount of the coverage of local news. Clearly, they didn't want the story, and that's the part that really frustrates me. Yeah, they weren't interested in painting a different picture. And I don't know what what does that say about them? Are they afraid of of understanding this individual more deeply? I would love to. I would love to know what led 
to her, that storyline? Her, yeah, her, uh, the victim to this point. I would love to know oh, her to background. Oh, to why she bullies. Yeah, I would love to hear that. I mean, I wonder what 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 happened, what led them all to this one. And and I I felt like when when I was on the phone with nine one one and I walked out and I saw the victim and the the shooter there, um, and I looked over at another neighbor who she bullied as well. She was trying to comfort her and I looked over at her and I, I'll never forget the look on her face was like can you can you believe this you know like this is this is happening this is to us. this is happening to us and we're forever going to be connected in that tragedy because we're yes you are you know we and we really do we we see each other and talk to each other every day and say how are you doing and it's just so senseless it just was it shouldn't have happened you know and I just you know and I would also like people to realize that I don't really have a dog in this fight. Uh, I was not a friend of either one of them, just a neighbor. And uh, I'm not saying that either one of them deserved this. It's a horrible outcome. And uh, I just feel it's an outcome that could have been avoided if either one of them saw the potential for this to happen. Uh, you don't walk past a sleeping dog and keep kicking it every single day and not expect one day that that dog is going to leap up and attack you. Right. And uh, I honestly feel that if she had not taken it to that level, that she would still be alive today. And nobody deserves to die over something as trivial as... A landscaping disagreement right there was uh, definitely more to that story mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that was ridiculous actually you know. a, a ridiculous uh, <laughs> and maybe notion even irresponsible news <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> to put that out yeah. there as the as the cause or the possible cause you know I've been to three funerals in my life that I can remember not I've been to more than three but um, I've been to three where during during the end of the service people confessed how horrible the person was. Yeah. And I was so fascinated by that because, you know, you're there to mourn the loss of somebody and yet people realized that they were under the the thumb of a person that was mishandling their relationship, that was bullying them, what was, you know, unfair, unkind when no one was looking. <clears throat> and I find it so fascinating that... Um, people have to wait until the person is gone to be honest about that what is it about us that feels the need to keep those difficult emotions to ourselves Mm -hmm. when somebody is victimizing another person? well in a lot of cases though these individuals that are not bringing the subject up are underneath the thumb whether it be emotionally or financially sure with some of these peoples that are uh, causing the bullying so well and we as a society have generally turned our head at other people's business you know we it's a polite society if you will we don't delve too deeply and you know carry over from the old world I don't know what you call that but um, it's messy to get involved in people's lives there's no clear way in or clear way out to solving those problems also and there could be legal ramifications for getting involved in somebody else's business Um, I mean people come to people's aids uh, all day um, 
and sometimes they end up getting sued for They get for sued it. for helping and whatnot. Uh, exactly. So I think a lot of people are very standoffish when it comes to helping strangers, unfortunately, right. because you don't have a sense of community. Right. So, well, we're drawing down on our time. And this has been, I think, an important discussion to have so that anybody who reads the news and just has this terrible you know, loss of feelings to wonder why society is the way it is. I think it's really helpful to know that there was a pretty linear path to this point, especially with this particular crime. And um, and I'm really grateful that you were courageous enough to come forward and share a difficult side to the story that really didn't, nobody wanted to let come see the light of day. And I find that interesting. Mm -hmm. So um, I apologize to you that the story wasn't well served when you tried to to give give the truth service. I apologize that we as society are still at that place where we don't really want to know the answers, and um, and I'm I'm sorry that you're dealing with the 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 really senseless grief and and guilt that is now bestowed upon you just because of the proximity to the situation that you had. So. Um, that's a that's the tragedy is those of you around the situation that that really feel this great sense of helplessness. Well, so. we appreciate you giving us this platform yeah. to give you our insight and our feelings on the subject. And again, uh, I think the takeaway here is that this tragedy could have been avoided if uh, each party had you know extended the olive branch. Right. Yeah. But unfortunately, I think he would that have didn't happen. It. I do. I really do think he would have accepted any kind of just relief. But she was getting something from the relationship. And until you understand what what that mm -hmm. what that drug was for her, yeah. you know, what that drug is for the bully, none of us are going to be able to stop it. Yeah. We got to know what that what that gives. That's a fix. You know, that that little drip drab of mean, that's a fix they're getting. It's no different than an injection of of an illicit drug. They're getting something. And until we as a society want to turn and look that square in the face, we're not going to have the answers. Yep. So, well, thank you both for taking the time You're today. Welcome. I really You're appreciate welcome. it.